You were going with the groovy music. I was going with the look at that, making us sound important. We are important, Kevin. And now, live from the newsroom, Kevin and Mike with great news. That's right, Kevin. We're bringing you great news, and I say we are important because we're lightening up your life and reminding you that most stories about human interaction are actually very positive, regardless of what the mainstream media likes to make you believe. Correct. Because, listen, if it bleeds, it leads. That's the honest truth, is that they find one bad story and they tell it a hundred different times in a row. And they miss most of human interaction. And only us to blame because we tune in over and over and over again. I don't. That's good. You do right. <laughs> you don't either. <laughs> All right. You have a theme song for us? Do you have any requests? Any stylistic requests? Uh, do what? Ooh, do we do what? It's great news. A do be do what? Kevin and Mike are giving great news. Say hello to the happy goodbye to the blue bee doo bee doo. Note to self, no more do up. No more do up. Well done. All right, this is where we give you all positive stories to, to revive your spirit and let you know that people are still can still be loving toward each other. My first story is about a 14-year-old named Keontae and his adoption. Let's watch this report. Fourteen-year-old Keontae is full of life and laughter, largely because of his parents. If someone said I'll offer you money for your parents, I'd say heck no. You they're worth more than what you've got. In 2007, when Keontae was just eight years old, Gloria Campos featured him as a Wednesday's child who had already learned the golden rule. Treat people the way you want to be treated. After a failed adoption and disappointment, Gloria did another report on Keontae two years later in hopes the second time would be the charm. I've been moved through different homes and the adoption didn't go very well. Carol and Scott Cook saw Keontae's video and knew right away he was their son. He just kind of spoke to us through the video. It just seemed like he was talking to us. I'd like to say thank you for putting him on a second time because not only did you bring us the child that God wanted us to have and we wouldn't have seen him otherwise, um, but you've also helped touch millions through him being able to talk about his story. Two years ago, Keontae spoke before Congress, describing his four years in foster care, where he felt he was over-medicated with mind-altering drugs. What did that medication do to you? Uh, well, when I first arrived at my parents' house, my mom said that she'd woken up and went in my room and found me walking in circles. Now a healthy young man completely off medication, Keontae is a runner, avid hiker, and a great dancer. He knows this all might not have been possible without Gloria's persistence in finding him a home. I want to say to her that I think, uh, thank you so much because um, you've made my life worthwhile and that uh, you've helped me become the person I am right now and I probably would have been worse off had you not helped me out. He's definitely our our son, our child, and, and we love him very much. <laughs> it's so good to see Keontae. We were just sitting there at Keontae. Oh, he was the karate boy. 
and so smart, John, and it broke my heart when that first adoption did not go through for him. I'll bet, because he seemed like quite a young man. Oh, very smart, and obviously he's with the right family he at last. He is with the right family. In at fact, he's with oh the right God, person. Oh, my God! Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it's you. Thanks so much. Thank Mary. you for this big surprise. I'm so happy that you're happy. I you am. are, right? Yeah, I'm happy. And you love your family. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Good to see you. Good to see you. Proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, see? that's quite a surprise. about that reporter it's, uh, how great would it have been if she said um you're happy right and he goes <laughs> well you know they're okay people or 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 when she ran out when he ran out to surprise her she's like oh no no don't touch me <laughs> she's a germaphobe and can't be touched kevin like you Howie have gotten Mandel. me twice since we resuscitated great news you got me mm -hmm. twice to cry. Okay. I, I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going to say this episode, I'm going to get you either with this story or my last story. Destiny J. Cooper is a nice young lady. She married a young man who is a real hero and is serving in the United States Armed Forces. They had a child together. And three months after the child was born, he was shipped off to Afghanistan to serve and protect our country. Destiny J. Cooper decided to take video of the moment when their one-year-old daughter got to see her father for the first time. Check it out. That's a good one. <laughs> I, knew I knew it. That is a good one. <laughs> it's just so beautiful, man. Because you think like, like it's got to be so hard. It's hard. To, like I would go away to film some stupid TV show, and I would be away from my daughter for, for like a, a couple weeks, and you just, you, you're going crazy. Imagine going away for a year or longer, and you're in war. There's a yep. real good chance that you may not be coming back. And just to see that, to see those instances when, uh, you know, the, those brave heroes get the chance to actually do come back and they see their family. It's, it's really touching. That I could watch those all day. I got and another one coming. Also, and also a, um, 
huge thank you to the sacrifice that led to that homecoming. Yeah. Just like what no, you were saying, like the guy was gone for a year. That means that everyone missed him every single day of that year. And yeah. And people uh, like, even, even if you don't have kids or a wife or, or, or a, part, a partner, think about that where you're a young, able-bodied person and you're like, I'm going to go volunteer to go to war um, because it's what I want to do. Um, uh, probably get paid pretty well because of what I'm – oh, wait, no, I'm getting shit money. Uh, I'll probably be set up, uh, totally set up for, for life after I get – oh, no, no, you'll probably have to encounter serious uh, you know, psychological issues and it'll be hard for you to adjust when you get back. Okay, sounds great. I'm still going to do it. You know, like if, it's just if you unbelievable. Get yes. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. My next story is um, by Steve Hartman, and <laughs> it's about it's about a woman named Kathy Rackley who ran into Malcolm Mitchell, and Malcolm Mitchell is the University of Georgia Bulldogs like star running back, and okay. she has no idea who he is or what he does. Finally tonight, you can't judge a book by its cover, or we might add, a football player by his jersey. Here's Steve Hartman on the road. In Athens, Georgia, in the bestseller section of this Barnes & Noble, Kathy Rackley found a novel story of her own. I mean, a chance encounter in a bookstore, how wonderful is that? Did you have any idea at all who he was? None. And you didn't tell her? I didn't. But I knew they were going to find out. Yeah. But I wasn't going to say it. Fact is, <laughs> Kathy may have been the only one in Athens who didn't know the name Malcolm Mitchell. Number 26 for the University of Georgia Bulldogs was one of the top recruits in the country a few years ago. He's Georgia royalty. And presumably, if Kathy had known that, she wouldn't have stood in that Barnes & Noble talking his ear off about the book club she'd just joined. I mean, he like stepped back and he said, you did? And he said, can I join your book club? And I said, I, I don't know if you want to join mine. We're all 40, 50, and 60-year-old women. But Malcolm was undeterred. So now, one of the top wide receivers in the country meets monthly with his book club lady friends. Oh, yeah. And then he went to the wedding. I love, I love that part. <laughs> He's the only man and the youngest by a generation. But Malcolm doesn't care. Nor does he care what anyone thinks. Somebody called me a nerd. It's not a word that I'm used to hearing. Is it okay, though? Are you okay with the label? I was proud of it. Right. It's like a badge of honor to me, knowing where I came from. Malcolm confessed to me that when he started college, he could only read at about a junior high level, and it bothered him. So he started putting as much effort into his reading game as his football game. Every free moment, he had a book in his hand. He's now reading things he never dreamed he could. And although some of the book club selections, he would never pick himself. Malcolm <laughs> seems to enjoy them all. Yeah, the, the ending was great. Looking at your life now, all you've accomplished, what are you most proud of? I finished the Hunger Games series in about two days. Reading the Hunger Games? Yeah. Have you seen any of the footage of you scoring touchdowns? <laughs> <laughs> That's not your most proud moment? That came natural. That's a gift. I had to work to read. 
but his greatest talent may lie in his ability to step so outside his comfort zone, to be able to meet people and focus so sincerely on what they have in common instead of their trivial differences. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Sometimes football makes great men, and sometimes great men just happen to play football. Steve Hartman, On the Road, in Athens, Georgia. And that's the nice. CBS Evening News for tonight. How about that? For all of us at CBS nice. News all around the world. How about that guy? NFL scouts should just be beating off at Malcolm Mitchell because not only is he, you know, got to be one of the top NFL recruits, you know, for the upcoming drafts, but handsome, charismatic, that, that kind of story, that kind of magnetism, that kind of thoughtfulness like god that that's like a that's a home run right there it would take me four years to read two of the hunger games books <laughs> he did it in two days with his, and, well, with his and, and like a couple book years club. ago he read it at junior high level god yeah. damn it kevin yeah. that made me feel bad about myself i'm i'm a bad man uh listen once he joined the cougar book club everything was on is there any possibility he's just like into milfs <laughs> I mean, that was my first thought, but I'm a bad human, so. A little too much Pornhub for me, because the first thing when I saw him walking <laughs> into that book club, sitting down, I was like, oh, it's only a matter of time before the BBC comes out and he starts wrecking those chicks. <laughs> All right. So in, Espe in España, Kevin, in España, that's yes. what they call Spain, in España. Yes. Okay? I love Spain. In Spain, there is a... Uh, Industrial engineer and college professor named Caesar. This is a very smart man. And he visits this man named Evans. Evans, I believe is how he pronounces his name. He's an immigrant from Nigeria living in Spain. And he would drive by and see this sign that Evans was holding in very poorly worded Spanish that said, help me get work. So what did Caesar do? He goes and visits him every day and teaches him how to speak proper Spanish and preps, helps him to prep to get his GED, the equivalency of what they have in Spain for the GED. And that's how he spends his free time visiting this Nigerian immigrant who's trying desperately to make a life for himself. Every day? For two years. Wow. Yep. Wow. Every day for two years is crazy. And he didn't all, really want all, to talk. I, the, the, a little bit of investigation I did, he didn't want any publicity for this, but um, apparently some of the people, uh, business owners in that area were getting a little bit upset, understandably, even if you know they're, they're humane people. You, you run a business, they don't want lawyering. And they came out to kind of talk to these guys, like what's going on here? And that's how people became aware of this remarkable story. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know what? Go ahead. <laughs> Spend all the time here you want. I got to tell you, it's people like that who don't bring a video camera with them right. that are the most impressive. He doesn't care about getting credit. He's invested in this human being and teaching him, you know, to get his GED equivalent. And that's an amazing person. And I love that. No, and you're you're totally right. And I, I think in this day and age of like social media and things, and when we all have high def cameras in our pockets, 
it is harder to just go about your life, even if you're not trying to do something uh, incredibly, um, incredibly giving or, or incredibly magnanimous. You're just kind of prone to like displaying it, and when people clearly have such a deep, deep-seated desire to just be helpful, it uh, it's quite beautiful. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, my next story comes to us from uh, Southern California, where I live in Anaheim. There's a restaurant owner named Bruno Serato, and Cerato. he run and he runs a restaurant, and it's considered you know a great, great restaurant. And he also on the sides feeds children that need to be fed in the Boys and Girls Club. And listen to what happened to him, and then also what happened to him after that. Wow. All gone. Last month, Bruno Serrato walked into the nightmare that used to be his dream. <laughs> this is what's left of the White House restaurant in Anaheim, California. There's the picture with my mom was on it. The picture of mom, pretty much everything he loved was in this restaurant. Buon appetito. Enjoy your dinner. This is what it looked like before the electrical fire. During our first visit in 2010, that story was about this Italian immigrant who catered to the rich and famous. Are you hungry? Yeah! Just so he could feed the down and out. Yes. Every day here at the local Boys and Girls Club, some of the poorest children in Anaheim had been eating from one of the most exclusive restaurants in town. At the time, Bruno was giving away more meals than he was selling, and he was going broke. Mortgage, I did a refinance the restaurant too. And you refinanced your home? I refinanced my house also, yeah. How can you keep feeding these kids? How can I stop? And that devotion All gone. is what made this so devastating. This fire will destroy everything I worked for 30 years. Yeah, just like, we need to find a kitchen somewhere because we need to do the pasta for the children. Unfortunately, that mission was clearly over, or so he thought, until he got home, turned on his computer, and learned what happens sometimes when really bad things happen to really good people. He got thousands of messages online and hundreds more in person. All of them offers to pitch in. Whatever I can do. Some kind of fundraisers. Any way we can help. And with that, the man who started serving all those kids on his own was alone no more. We want to make sure that you rebuild that restaurant so you can continue to serve all these children. More than a dozen caterers and competitors offered Bruno their kitchens for free. And as a result, he didn't miss a single day feeding his favorite customers. Hi, Bruno. People have also donated money to help rebuild the restaurant. Was everything good? Do you think you'll ever look back on this and say, I'm actually glad that happened? I really think of that. You know when you say you give a love and you get one every time back? Mm -hmm. I disagree. You get one million times back. Now that's a lot of karma. How about that that guy's first thought when his restaurant burned down is, how do I continue feeding the poor children? Oh no, I can't feed I... the children. <laughs> it was really beautiful, man. And it's there's there that one was kind of a multifaceted great news story because there was so many layers of greatness. There was the fact that he devoted that much time and effort and money to feeding the 
uh, underprivileged children. To where he then, was losing money. That's, I mean, it's just amazing. Then there is the people coming to support him when he had this tragedy. Just people from around are like, hey, you're a good, here's, here's some shekels here. Then there was the competitors, okay? Comp comp competing restaurants in the neighborhood are like, dude, you can use my kitchen. Go ahead because we need, you need to be feeding. So it's like this, this many, you know, uh, many degrees of Kevin Bacon there. They see the, the many degrees of greatness. Yeah, it's an amazing story. I like that one, man. Let's finish up with another of the man comes home from military service to see his children. Excellent. Um, this one isn't a, a, a young kid. It's a, it's a ninth grader, a freshman football player. His, uh, his name is Fred Grooms. And his father, after a long deployment, you know, Fred, as a, as a freshman and his dad being a career military guy, he's a little bit more accustomed to this, okay? So his dad being a kind of clever fella, decided to return home and surprise Fred, by the way. This was a surprise in a pretty clever way. Check it out. All officials come in, all officials come in, we need to tell these guys how we need to uh, get them back right. So you make, make sure you get all officials' faces down and know them good. You know, to your captain, if you look them over, you uh... standing right in front of his son and his son didn't notice that that's where he was coming out from my coin toss I'm, I'm, I'm hot shit i'm captain you know and then he ref the game and and totally was unfair and his son's team completely team biased towards his son and everyone's like oh well, he just got back from serving in our country go ahead we can we can that's write fine. this one off <laughs> if you like this podcast you can subscribe uh like uh recommend to your friends and you can find it here in any place where you get audio podcasts as well. That's right. Mike, the outro. Outro. Flamenco. Flamenco? Oh. Yes. Straight from Barcelona. It's the outro. You know what I'm talking about, bro. Say hello to the happy goodbye to the blues. Kevin and Mike, we gave you all the great news.